0: Hello, it is Monday, August 31st. I am Trent Reinsmith, your host, and this is another edition of the daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Today's topics are Daniel Cormier praises the UFC for how it takes care of people, but ignores the fact that it does not take care of all the people in the UFC. Is the UFC women's featherweight division in danger being shuttered? Uh, John McCarthy thinks that could happen. Um, And is Alexander Rakic going to get the Curtis Blades treatment when Dana White speaks about his win over Anthony Smith? And finally, yep, Brock Lesnar is a free agent and we're going to be inundated with Brock Lesnar to the UFC talk. Meanwhile, John Jones is trying to set up fights, maybe with uh, Lesnar and maybe with Stepe Miocic. And Stepe sounds like he's trying to fight, set up a fight with John Jones. And on to the show. If you follow me at all or have any kind of familiarity with things I cover, you know that fighter pay is one of the things I uh, talk about and write about often. And today, Daniel Cormier said that um, he had received two giant discretionary bonuses from the UFC for two different fights. And I want to speak about those. But first, I want you to hear what Cormier had to say.
1: After I had lost to Jones, Lorenzo Fertitta gave me a million dollars. Him and Dana gave me a million dollars. They actually called me. And, and they said, we're going to give you a million dollars, DC, for the job that you've done. So when people say, wow, Daniel Cormier made $80,000 to fight John Jones. Uh, and that was such a big pay-per-view. No, they gave me a million dollars. I didn't get pay-per-view. I, didn't get, I was just a guy that was a challenger against a guy that defended the belt all those times. They gave me a million dollars. So at that point in my life, Celine and I were about to buy our first house. And I was becoming the UFC champion. And you know what they did after that? You know what happened after I fought uh, Rumble Johnson? I won the belt, and I got paid $300,000, in the pay-per-view sold $300,000. And you know what they did after that? They gave me $400,000 to make sure that I made a million dollars. Wow. When people talk about my relationship with the UFC, Lorenzo Fertitta and Dana White have been nothing but gold to me. And in that moment, I was happiest because I was starting to make real money, and I was... My family was advancing and I just became a UFC champion. And my parents had got to see things that they never could have imagined in Lafayette. And I was making money to where I could go and get them a house too. So yeah, that was probably when I was happiest. When I knew that my life was going to change when I became a UFC champ. And I noticed how those guys took care of people and realized that now I can take care of my family, not just my family here, but my family back in Louisiana.
0: Look, I am happy that Daniel Cormier got those bonuses. I and and if they were offered to, you know, to me as a fighter as a, a, anything, I would I would take them because that's money and you know, you kind of need money to survive. But the thing is what that money does is kind of if to be a cynic, it buys you, and it buys silence, and it buys compliance, and it makes you part of the system, and so the money is not, uh it is a reward for, for the performance, sure, but it also has some kind of underlying message that if you, if you keep playing the game the way you're playing it, you're going to be rewarded for that. And so I think that's one of the reasons that Cormier has, I mean he even says it, it's one of the reasons that Cormier has not been outspoken about the UFC, about the pay structure and how it treats its athletes because it treats him well. But I can guarantee you that not every fighter gets that kind of discretionary bonus and not everybody gets rewarded like Cormier did. So the UFC takes takes care of certain people, not all people, and that's the problem. So the troublemakers, the bad seeds, the people that speak up about their pay, about their treatment, about how the uh, health and safety program has isn't as good as it's uh, built up to be, as far as insurance and things of that nature. Those are the people who. Who are not gonna get that million dollar bonus. The people that, that make the UFC look bad, they're not gonna get that million dollar bonus. I don't know if John Jones gets that kind of discretionary bonus. But for the number of headaches he has caused the UFC over the years, I don't I would guess that he does not. And that's fine. But it's also a shitty way to do business. If you're gonna treat one guy good why not treat everyone good? It, it's And that's the problem I have with the UFC. They pick and choose who they're going to reward. And then they act, the UFC acts like it's, it's, it's making millionaires out of all these fighters. It's making few millionaires. It's making much more money for the UFC than it is for the fighters. And John Nash tweeted something about Cormier that I want to read. So what Nash wrote on Twitter uh, is, it was good of them to give a $1 million bonus, but at the same time, should someone who is regarded as the obvious number one contender need to hope for the largest from the promoters in an event that draws around $30 million in revenue? So the answer to that is an obvious and unequivocal no. And that's, that's the thing. So now, Cormier's salary was whatever it was, 300,000 or less less I think for the for the Jones fight and now he has to hope that he gets this and these discretionary bonuses are not every fight so you don't know if you're going to get it the next fight you don't know if you're ever going to get it and the the UFC kind of leaves you hanging there and the message is here's a million dollars for that fight and now the next fight comes around and they don't give you a million dollars and then the next fight comes around and they don't give you a million dollars but you're hoping to get it and each time you don't get it you wonder what the reason is it's uh it's it's a shitty way to like i said it's a shitty way to do business it's it's it it keeps fighters hoping against hope that they're going to be rewarded for something that should be clear fighters should get paid what what their contracts state and those contracts should be based upon where they are on the card their experience and the amount of revenue the UFC is taking in in a year and that revenue should be closer to 50 percent for the fighters and 50 percent for the UFC right now it's well under 20 percent for the fighters and over 80 percent for the UFC so that money isn't shouldn't be looked at as a bonus that money should be looked at for someone like cormier for someone like jones for someone like conor mcgregor that money should be looked at as money they earned and that the ufc owed them because it is that if you look at the revenue splits it is that and again this is not every fighter because chris cyborg who is a draw, I saw, was a draw for the UFC, wrote on Twitter, when the UFC moved UFC 232 from Nevada to California, four days notice, they refused to compensate me for paid appearance appearances I could no longer attend in Vegas. U, UFC 240, they refused to buy my flights to the fight because I did camp in, I, I, I don't know where that flag is, sorry. I was the pay-per-view co-main event at DC MMA, you're paid the shill, and I don't think I don't think Cormier would use the word shill, but he acknowledges that he's going to to speak up for the UFC, and that's 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 how the UFC splits the fighters. That's how the UFC keeps a union from coming in our Fighters Association. That's how the UFC. Creates friction between the fighters, so it can be always be sure that there'll at least be a handful of fighters who it's taken care of, and they will not go in with a group or a unified effort to try and get the UFC to pay them what they what they are owed and what they earn as 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 part of the revenue of the UFC. So we know Dana White never really liked Chris Cyborg. I think the only reason she was with the UFC was because she was a draw and she could earn money for the UFC. And if we look at this, they never paid her what she was worth and they they treated her poorly. And I know, I know people are going to say this is her side, but you know how this works. It's somewhere in the middle is the truth, but we do know, we do know without a doubt that the UFC does not pay any of its fighters what they are truly worth and i i would highly doubt that these 1 million dollar discretionary bonuses or 400,000 discretionary 400,000 dollar discretionary bonuses are coming out of the UFC's pockets right now when they have a new ownership group who is totally focused on bringing in as much money as they can for themselves and their investors it's not run the same as it was run when it was the Fertita Brothers. It's not even close to the same as when it was the Fertita Brothers. And I would be very shocked if anyone saw saw this kind of money as a bonus ever again. Unless they uh, negotiate it somehow into their deals. But that's probably not going to happen either because... The UFC is kind of in the business of giving 80% of the revenue to itself and its investors and keeping the fight fighter split of that revenue as low as possible. So again, just because the UFC takes care of these three or four fighters doesn't mean the other 500 are being taken care of anywhere near the way the other handful of fighters are being taken care of don't buy this line that the UFC is out here just handing out million dollar bonuses. It's not true. It's not true. Two-weight UFC women's champion Amanda Nunes is booked to fight Megan Anderson in December and in defense of her featherweight title. And John McCarthy and Josh Thompson talked about this matchup and some potential repercussions of the matchup on the recent uh, episode of their weighing in podcast. And here is their discussion on the subject.
2: What do what do you take of the fact that the UFC is going to have Amanda Nunez against Megan Anderson and Megan Anderson is on her last fight of her contract. Yeah. What do you mean? What do I take away with it? Well, if she wins... In my opinion, okay, she wins, she's the champion. It extends her contract, though. And it extends her contract automatically, so that they're saying, we're safe. Yep. If she wins, and that way we could even have a rematch. And if she loses, I think they get rid of the featherweight division. They don't have anybody. Yeah. Well, name the fighters that they have signed. You know, they've got, got Felicia Spencer and Megan Anderson and Amanda Nunez. That's it. Yeah. So... I think if Megan loses, that division's gone. Yeah. I think they're just going to close it down. Dana did come out earlier this year and say that he's working hard to get the featherweight division built. So yeah, just- I mean, I know it seems like we always dog on uh, dog in the UFC, but I will continue no, i not to dogging on it. Just, I'm just looking at it the way it appears because they have it to where if Amanda wins, man, they got nobody else. Yeah. Really. They, yeah. And if Megan wins, well, they have an automatic, we can do that fight again yes. with Amanda because Megan's the champion and Amanda would want that fight again. So, okay, we're good. I don't know.
1: I don't think, think, Megan, I like don't, a, I don't think Megan gets out of the second round.
2: I don't be think you get out of the first round. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what I I, think l- I like buddy. her as a person. She's just not on the same level as Amanda.
0: So McCarthy has a pretty good point. If you go to Bloody Elbow's uh, current list of UFC fighters, there are four women in the women's featherweight division. Two of them are Nunez and Anderson. And Felicia Spencer, who l- lost to Nunez. And Zara Farn dos Santos. Sorry if I butchered that name. But she is 0 2 in the UFC. So, yeah. Would it shock me if. Nunez rolled over Anderson, and the UFC disbanded the weight division. Now, that would not shock me, because by then, Anderson and Spencer are really the only legit fighters in the featherweight division that could contend with Nunez. You can have some bantamweights that could move up, but why would you do that? Because Nunez is already the bantamweight champion, so just let her fight at bantamweight and be done with it. I don't like that they would do that, but I also don't think that Nunes is is getting uh, paid any extra to have two titles. And if she's going to fight the same amount of times in a year, then just just give her the bantamweight and, and 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 shut this division down. Now I know when Nunes quote unquote threatened to retire uh, after her last win, there was some uh talk about dana white said that he had just talked to the matchmakers and that he had planned on building the featherweight division up but that obviously did not happen i think that was just talk to kind of give nunez some kind of sense of guilt so she would come back to the ufc but obviously that was dana white just saying stuff because if there's nobody new in the division obviously no action has been taken to to build up the division and so, would it, like I said, would it shock me if this happened? No, because the UFC has not been actively trying to fill up the division. Uh, I think the division was made for Chris Cyborg, and when that kind of failed and and bombed out, then it just became something that kind of stuck around, and and now you have Nunes there, and I think sooner or later there's going to be calls to that she's not defending the bantamweight title enough and then they'll shutter it shutter the featherweight division and and make her fight just at bantamweight because the UFC does does not have a tendency to allow its fighters to hold on to and defend two titles it just doesn't happen and i don't think it's going to happen here because they're just making fights up at featherweight to 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 let them happen now if Anderson pulls the massive upset, well, then you gotta you gotta rematch because no one is really expecting Anderson to beat Nunes. So I I think I think Nunes runs over, but I I'm not sure what's gonna happen to the division other than it won't shock me if it goes away. If you watch the main event of Saturdays UFC on ESPN Plus 33 or UFC Vegas 8, however you want to refer to it. You saw Alexander Rakic, uh, that name's killing me, um, defeat Anthony Smith by a very one-sided decision. But you also saw at the near the end of the three fight, I'm um, sorry, three round fight, uh, Rakic stood up and started celebrating with about seven seconds to go. And here's what he had to say at the post-fight press conference. And this is according to MMA Fighting, who transcribed it. I'd love to do a little bit of show, but only if I deserve it. And I think I deserve to put on a show like this. I saw the clock and I saw, okay, seven seconds left. And so I go, okay, I'm going to stand up and celebrate a little bit. Because he was already done. He was already done. He didn't even want to stand up. And then he stood up. It's the fight business, but we also want to give something for the audience. Now... Dana White was not, as far as I know, Dana White was not at the event. Um, I expect this to not go over well with White. I expect uh, Rakic to get the same kind of treatment that Curtis Blades got when Blades... Um, I forget who he defeated. Let me look at this quick. Sorry, my brain is... I have the. I have a terrible, terrible, terrible memory. Um, but he defeated Alexander Volkov and white said the performance was awful more or less and criticized blades for talking a bunch of shit that well that that never happened he blades at least said he did what he said he was going to do which was dominate the fight and he landed a whole bunch of takedowns but white even white did not like that and so i think um He's gonna get the same, rackage is gonna get the same kind of treatment here from white. I would be very surprised if he didn't um if he doesn't I would wonder why he doesn't because one he kinda of did the same thing there was a whole lot of um ground control time, not a lot of action and then the uh, premature celebration i uh, like I said I don't expect that to sit well well with dana white um and if it if it if it warrants no mention that's uh That bears questioning because at least Blades was shot um, on average of one takedown per minute over the course of 25 minutes, which is uh, physically exhausting. And Blades literally did what he said he was going to do during that fight. So um, I I think this is not going to sit well with White. And I think um, the fight that's coming up between Glover Teixeira and Thiago Santos could be the one um that will determine the next fighter who will fight for the title once uh, Reyes and Blackwood decide who is going to be the next UFC light heavyweight champion. But yeah, so I'll be on the lookout for uh, Dana White to get asked about this uh this celebration and also what he thought about the fight and it should be I'm interested in he- hearing what White has to say about all that. Well, the news reports about Brock Lesnar came out today and he is a free agent once again, which means prepare to be inundated with Brock Lesnar returning to the UFC talk. Um, and John Jones, once the news popped, got into the uh, act and more or less said that, uh, uh, well, take it as what it's worth, said that that he was gonna more or less kick Brock Lesnar's ass if Lesnar was interested in the UFC but so we'll see with uh, see what happens there I'm sure this talk will not die down for quite a while um, but I don't expect Lesnar to fight in the UFC again with that being said I am interested in the other fight that Jones had uh, tweeted about earlier today and that was the Stipe Miocic fight um, he took, uh, Miocic's word that he was no longer interested in fighting Ngano, that he wanted new, uh, a new challenger and, uh, yeah, I, you know, John Jones is that new challenger and I think that's a smart call from Stipe because I think a Jones fight is a bigger draw, um, just because of his background and his skill set and his name recognition and yes i know in has name recognition and has a lot of highlight reel knockouts but we cannot forget what happened the first time they fought and i think that because of that first fight the expectation will be that it's going to probably end kind of the same way um and i i think i would take stipe Because I haven't seen anything other than the big punch from Engano, And yes, it is a big punch. But we saw what Stepe did the first time. And I haven't seen anything that tells me that Ngannou is getting better with the other parts of his game. Now, that's not to say that he hasn't. And he just hasn't used it. I haven't seen it. So... And that's what I'm going to base this on until I see something different. I'm just going to base it on what I know. And what I know is that the first time, Steepy had a good chin, and he dominated Ngano. So, I'd be much more interested to see the Jones fight. I think it's an easier sell, and I think it sells more pay-per-views. So, I would not be surprised if the math gets done on the back of an envelope in uh, UFC headquarters and they too come to that conclusion and Angano gets uh, put to the side for a little bit. Would it, yeah, and I know White has said that Ngannou's next, but let's just say we know how good that, that word is. And that is to say, not very, so until that contracts are signed that fight is by no means 100% set. So, I expect Jones to ramp up his talk of getting that title fight and I expect Stipe to kind of do the same and point towards Jones more than Ingano, um, just because I think it's a bigger fight for him money-wise as well as uh, legacy-wise and i think miocic right now that's what he's fighting for legacy and money which if you're going to fight for two things in the ufc those are your two best choices aren't they and with that i will call it a night and i will be back tomorrow until then stay safe